Today on The Big Inside, I may actually lose one of my sponsors live on the air. You see, the guys from a tiny startup company, Saisei Sports, are here to discuss jumping into the supplement industry with their first release, Wrecked Pre-Workout. And since Saisei Sports is, you know, kind of a sponsor of The Big Inside, we are sort of smearing all over the spectrum of proper broadcast ethics and hopefully giving you some insight into what it means to be the little fish entrepreneur in an industry dominated by megacorps. It's the classic story of making it in America, just, you know, with bigger biceps. That workout for your ears starts right now. Here we go. It's another Monday night somewhere. Wait, wait, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. I, I guess it's time once again for the big inside. Broadcasting from the world-famous Public Alley 701 in the well-supplemented city of Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN, and this is The Big Inside, the program that intersects and connects what transforms the body with what transforms the world and then turns them both inside out. We're all about the conversation, not the education, but with our luck, you'll probably end up learning something along the way. Joining me once again is the man who plays more hockey than a peewee league with overbearing fathers, sidecar regular Scott Batorf. Scott is the founder of Aspire Integrated Training and Flexibility. You can learn more about his work at AspireFlex.life. Hey, Scott, how you doing? How you feeling? Doing great. It's definitely a recovery day. What? what, what you? How many games did you play yesterday? Uh, I had four games. You idiot. Three, three ice hockey games and one inline. God, so, what? That's yeah, it was good times actually. <laughs> you need a hug from dad. No, just kidding. Play like two games, four games. That's excessive. That's excessive. Um. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. Glad you're still with us. Um. And as a heads up, we're evolving. You know that, right? I mean, I'd like, you know, we are the recent relaunch we did. It's marking this totally independent iteration of the big inside. We're completely self-produced now, relying on you guys, our audience, our listening audience, uh, as our and our sponsors, obviously, to keep us on the air. So, um, you know, just to reward you guys, we've been gradually returning elements of our early days of the show. And today we're going to bring back one of the main features of the big inside, the big deal. It's where you know, we invite a guest onto the program who has some sort of distinction in the real world, then try to smear their work over into the crevices of physique and strength sports and stuff, or, you know, vice versa, where we take a professional from deep inside the physique and training world and show how their work may be very relevant to everyday life beyond that niche of strength and muscle. So, uh, and that actually, you know, brings me to our guests, Nick, Mike, and Elias from Saisei Sports. But before I introduce them, they're chomping at the bit. You can hear them sniffling and shuffling in the background. Before I introduce them, let me uh, set the stage a little bit. So uh, you like the business? Are you interested in, you know, like making the profits and all that Forbes stuff? Well, if you don't follow the stats of the business world with the focus of a sports fan, you will undoubtedly know that one of the most consistent growth markets is sport and health supplements. The industry as a whole is estimated at upwards. Actually, you know, Scott, you tell me, what do you think? How many billions of dollars, take a guess, was the sports supplement industry valued at in 2015? Well, how many billions? Wild. Oh, gosh. Take a wild guess. Because I'm going to... I have no idea. Even though I haven't introduced like 10 them. 10 billion? 
Okay, he's Scott's got ten. Even though I haven't introduced you guys, Nick, Elias, Mike, I'll get you. I'll get your introductions later. But how mu- how many billions do you think the sports supplement is as a total, as a whole? I'm gonna go thirty. Thirty billion. What do you got, Nick? Numbers are hard. He's thinking about it. Hey, Elias, what do you got? I'm gonna pull the prices right and go thirty-one. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Nick? Sixty-five. Okay, so oh, <laughs> greedy. The, the answer is actually $37 billion, and this is on par with the GDP of some small nations in our world. This means that this industry not only has wealth within it, but it also has power, the power to influence, the power to inform, and the power to crush its enemies. You see, that $37 billion is not solely focused on only one set of products. There are several sectors to the supplement market, and then on top of that, there are subdivisions of products within each sector and so on. This makes for a complex web system of retail that involves many, many players. And if you know anything about the nature of capitalism, the more players in a market, the more intense the competition. The fitness industry is driven, actually, by, you know, and this is what experts are reporting, by the middle class luxury market as well as the health industry. Indeed, the very definition of middle class, when you think about it, is the ability to earn a little something extra for your personal be- benefit above and beyond just you know meeting your financial needs. And so globally, that little bit extra that all these middle-class folks are earning, uh, that has been focused more and more on health and wellness as opposed to you know leisure market activities. And it seems almost a given that a gym will pop up close by any stable mid- middle-class community and often many other types of fitness services as well, including physical exercise and activity in order to maintain health or just improve cosmetic appearances, whatever. It's now common and popular as a fad among the middle class, which still constitutes the largest spending class in our nation as well as globally. So this in turn has provided this really fertile ground for the supplement industry to exploit. So the rise of fitness and health interests results in a more educated consumer and thus more supplements. So whether it's health or athleticism, the retail industry has been growing faster over the last decade than either of its parent fitness or health markets. Now that's a lot of protein powder. In fact, the health industry and fitness industry have been more and more overlapping with each other in their retail products over the past few decades. So you know, you can't really classify them. It's kind of hard to classify segments. I mean, is this a health supplement? Is it a sports performance supplement? A diet supplement? It's harder and harder. And this brings us to where we're jumping in today. Part of this overlapping has meant that marketers need to better and better define the products and the subcategories that I mentioned earlier. With each new subcategory comes a chance uh, chance for product diversity and, and then, you guessed it, exponential growth of profits. And this massive And to this, massive mega corporations are getting in on the game. For example, most people don't realize that recently Amazon.com, and not some fitness company, was evaluated as the largest seller of sports supplements over anyone else in the industry, including its closest rival, Bodybuilding.com, which specialized in sports supplement sales. As as a matter of fact, Bodybuilding.com recently had to cut back and downsize a signal that big corporations outside the supplement industry are beginning to dominate like great white sharks to a dolphin fishing pond. Uh, Even the NASDAQ recently reported an estimate given by Grandview Research Incorporated that just the dietary supplements, not any any other kind, screw all the other kinds for a minute, just the dietary supplements 
uh, they have a market. They will have a market value in 2024 of 278.02 billion dollars. That's like six or seven times the growth in just under a decade, and that's just the dietary supplements. So clearly, this is an industry with tons of money to spare. And of course, everyone's thinking, "Hey, how can I get in on some of these numbers?" The answer, well, it's the same subcategories, yeah, subcategorizing. <laughs> I can speak that I just explained. Trying to take on Giant mega corporations is obviously a losing battle for a mom and pop business. Not going to happen. However, creeping into the sidelines via a specific niche may allow a small company to get some traction. So more and more people are becoming enamored with the strength lifting and bodybuilding um, as a way of eyeballing entry points, uh, starting out as small brands to appeal to niches of this giant multi-billion dollar market. Bodybuilders, strength athletes, lifters, etc. CrossFit, it's endless. So one of those small companies is with us today, the newly created Saisei Sports, created in late 2016. Hey, that was just yesterday, practically. They are starting to they're starting out entering the market via the niche of niche, a niche within a niche of pre-workout formulas. Uh, just as a heads up, pre-workout formulas are hardly the biggest profit point within the supplement industry. I mean, they're deeply niched within, you know, consumers. They're not necessarily always appealing to the mainstream. So while it seems trepidatious on the surface, the pre-workout formula segment of the market has high profit turnovers, meaning you can get in, get out, allowing companies to literally promote their brand without needing to become a major player within that specific segment. And this is where Nick and Mike and Elias come in. Hey, guys, how you doing? Pretty well. How are you, Christian? Well done, Elias. The other two are just dumbstruck. I use numbers. They're like staring at me like I'm. How you doing, Nick, Mike, Elias? How you doing? Like, trying to sort through all that information, you know. He didn't do his did not do his homework. No homework done this round. <laughs> what? Uh, so uh, I appreciate you guys being on the program. You guys are, you know, it's it's. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And because we're not a visual medium, to give you some idea, it's basically like you know, uh, uh, it's they're, they're like large people. They're not small. So this is we're we're talking to the guys who are like. Um, you see at the gym and you just hate them because they're like jacked and you're like, does this machine work? And they're over there like, pick up another plate, dude. And you're like, ah, my life sucks. So that I have the visual picture of them. Um, <laughs> Cause again, not a visual medium. Uh, you guys started out with a pre-workout wrecked. It's R E K T wrecked. And I'm going to ask you about the name in a second and all that, how you came across all these names. Um, but you start out with a pre-workout as opposed to any other product. So I think that what most people hearing all those numbers about the industry are really, really interested in learning is um, which one of you is the strongest? <laughs> I'd have to say probably like in the gym or willpower. <laughs> what did you say, dude? Not all at once. It's probably Mike. Really? That's going to be debatable. Is pound for pound polite for a short joke, you, you Elias? You being a dick? Anyway, no. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but anyway, the, uh, but in all seriousness, why did you guys start with a pre-workout? Actually, you know, I want to get to the name, but why a pre-workout? So, you, you, you know, you decide we're going to jump in. We're going to start a business. Why did you start with a pre-workout? I'll, I'll take that one. I uh, think that we had initially started out um, putting together a formula when we – you know, we were kind of talking about how dissatisfied we were with most of the products on the market and how a lot of pre-workouts tended to provide only, you know, stimulants or 
only, you know, a little bit of a pump um, and a little bit of focus and never really anything that we experienced that combined all three of those, which is what you would think people require and ask from a pre-workout. So we started doing some digging and we were looking at the cost of materials. And initially it was just going to be something we used for ourselves. We were going to all pitch in, buy some of the raw materials um, and use it to make this product that we would use. And uh, upon doing so, we kind of realized, you know what, like, what if we started producing this? Nobody out there is doing this, like what we're doing with uh, the amount of ingredients we're using. And um, so basically it was like, you kind of, like you said, you kind of dumped all the Legos on the floor and said, hey, we got the coolest Legos in town. Yeah, we were like, there's room for improvement in the industry. Why don't we, uh, why don't we try to jump in and see if we can give people more of what they're looking for? I want to step back. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. So, you know, Nick kind of pitched this idea one day of having, you know, our own pre-workout and that we could have a better product, you know, if nothing else for ourselves to use, you know, being that we're all happy gym goers, uh, serious lifters, if you will. And um, I will. You know, from, a business point, from a business standpoint, it looked good because, you know, you go in the gym and everyone's using this stuff. And, um, you know, we talk to local supplement stores and it's probably behind protein powder, their second biggest seller um, to gym goers, you know. So, so I want to, I want to, st- and I do want to stop you there for a second. Scott, I'm going to pull you into this in a second because I see you thinking. Uh, you get a glazed over look when you think, Scott. But um, the uh, you're saying you're you describe yourself as an avid lifter. So give me some more of that, because I I guess what I'm saying is that you know uh, some of our listeners, uh, some being three out of the four people who actually listen to this program, um, some of our lifters are not our listeners are not li- necessarily lifters or even familiar with the range. So how would you guys describe yourselves? I'm gonna have all three of you in terms of your history with th- n- like. Not just with lifting, but just in terms of how it relates to supplements, because that's sort of why you guys are here. So, how would you describe it? Are you guys like professional? Are you, I'm see. I'm letting you introduce yourself. See, I'm doing this. I'm I'm a clever guy. I love it. Okay, just so our, oh. our Nick literally just locked up and pointed at Mike. That that <laughs> I wish we had video. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Mike. What is it? <laughs> Was that funny? I was just saying to have him go first. Not a big Because it totally oh, came, oh, it totally came across like I don't know what to say. You go. <laughs> anyway, no, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I did turn thirty-six on Friday, so that makes me the oldest. Oh my God, you're, right. and, you're like uh, dead. I've been at it the longest. Scott, you're thirty-six guy. too, as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you look like you're twelve. You know, interested in sports since I was, you know, get his number after the show, night. And. um Lettered in varsity early on in high school, got into solo sports after playing, you know, football, baseball, and basketball, started wrestling, picked up weights at 15. My, my old man always had weights around the house. So it was all like, of them uh, picked up all the weights, something that was, you know, foreign to me at any point in time, but I was a skinny kid. So I wanted to put some muscle on and I just started training from there, realized I was pretty strong, uh, for my weight. And, uh, you know, after several years of training, and competing in different sports, including grappling, martial arts, different solo sports, I just stumbled into a bodybuilding contest. A couple of people talked me into it, and I placed pretty high um, out of a lot of guys in a in a uh, in open class where there was no weight classes. 
I like how, I like how you phrased that, like you stumbled in, like you were, you know, I just, I, I went out for, you know, to buy a soda and I well, just stumbled into bodybuilding. I was already training for a solid 10 years and a couple of people talked me into it. And uh, so I did pretty well and I kind of caught the bug. And from there, I just switched my gears to bodybuilding and then powerlifting shortly after that. And when did he walk when- around? six percent body fat all year that's how you know he says oh i just stumbled in i was already stage ready so i figured i'd just show up bastard so the (laughs) what a oh so hard for me dude (laughs) i'm sorry i have a 12 pack (laughs) anyway so like stumbled in son of a bitch no what uh what when did the supplements really come into the for for, i'm gonna go to you know thing you know i'm 15 16 years old and i've been lifting and reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, like every other teenager at that time. And drinking all the weight gainer. You know, taking Joe Weider's weight gainer, 1850, <laughs> stuff like that. 1850? That refers and, uh, to calories, people. That weight gainers, so people who are unfamiliar, uh, and there are some people who are because it's, they're not very popular that much anymore. You used to literally consume like 1800 calories in a beverage which is just yeah. basically and then immediately and immediately run to the bathroom you know basically yep yeah so <clears throat> over the years i competed you know regionally and nationally in powerlifting and bodybuilding and um the more serious i got the more i looked into supplements like a lot of it was hogwash you know a lot of the stuff you don't really need but the stuff that i did need i wanted you know, the best products out there. And I hated to waste my money on things that weren't working, you know, and I picked out the more important um, items, you know, protein powder, vitamins. And then when pre-workout kind of came into play, which was just recently for me, I I hadn't used a pre-workout in years. And uh, the last one I think I used was Ultimate Orange before. Oh my God. Whoa, you just dated yourself. (laughs) Nick, you're Nick, you're too young. You wouldn't know. It's the best. Pre-workout became a staple and uh yeah, we took it from there. Ultimate orange for for our younger listeners was a product. It was basically, you know, orange Kool-Aid or Tang laced with crack cocaine. It's pretty much all it was. It had a fed right, it had a fedrin, exactly. If you drank enough of it, you were literally on a crystal meth high with a tangy orange flavor. Um, so anyway, and in fact, like, you know, the, your story that you're telling is kind of it's kind of intersects what most people would expect. The thing that I, that I think is, you know, the, the first point is how you had such a pared down perception of supplements. I think that most of our audience and when you look at those industry numbers, you're just assuming that the biggest buyers are the biggest guys. And it's this much more narrowed approach where it's like i just really want the basics i mean nick was that sort of your experience uh, with supplementation was it sort of like you know coming up i just were you ever the kid who just bought everything or were you the guy who like mike sort of like came in and just wanted the the best of the best yeah for sure no i mean that's a great question uh thanks you know has, has been in it for a while i would say like when i started out um you know when i was working as a kid and i i first discovered you know bodybuilding at um maybe 14 or 15, you know, I figured out what it was when one of my buddies brought in like a flex magazine and I saw, you know, Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman. And I was like, holy shit, you know, that's crazy. I want to look like that. And, um, from there, you know, I kind of started looking to what do I need to do to build a physique? Um, and, you know, was using weight gainer and stuff, you know, that I'm spending my, you know, my Burger King money on when I'm like working as a kid and whatnot. Um, 
And then, you know, I kind of just started getting more and more educated. And I would say really the last uh, four or five years, I started learning a little bit more about what pre-workout was, what was in it, you know what I mean? And uh, like Mike was saying, you know, having such a strenuous schedule and being so overextended, um, sometimes it's hard to find energy and motivation to like really go in there and like get it done. And I don't feel satisfied unless I've had like a very, um, you know, a very good workout. Like I'm actually putting in maximum effort and I'm satisfied with, uh, with what I, what I put in and what I left in the gym for the day. So really, uh, you know, I started looking at pre-workout products and stuff like that to give me an edge. And then the last couple of years I started learning, you know, that there's a lot more to it than just some stimulants. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to be in the gym and you're eating properly and you're doing everything else you should be, why wouldn't you want a product that's going to give you a huge pump? Um, why wouldn't you want a product that has, uh, you know, anti-fatigue agents in there to help you get that extra rep or help you get that extra set? Um, why wouldn't you want a product that is going to give you the ability to like tap into your best performance? Um, so that, that, that's kind of where, where I started to right. look at some of the products that were on the shelves and where they could improve. And, uh, that's, where Rekt was born. And that's, and, uh, and that's that idea of like the self-educating yourself. I mean, that's something that I, I, I'm going to venture to say is probably, uh, rare in the industry. I think that all those numbers and all that big, the big spending, I mean, you know, I think that that it's mostly non-discerning consumers and the process. Well, yeah, of exactly. If I could jump in for a second, what I'll say is everyone should look at what they're spending because you know, the primary, the primary thing you should be asking yourself is what am I spending my money on? What am I spending my money on? And Elias, you've been you've been quiet. Have you ever gone through that phase where you were just throwing money out the window toward trying to get bigger, trying to get leaner? And uh, did you ever get like did did you fall into that trap of being the average Joe consumer? I mean, honestly, not really. I got really lucky because when like so all throughout my life, I had been in you know some sort of sport, whether it was like track and field, which I was varsity in, or like wrestling, which I varsity lettered too. But however, um. When I first met Nick, which was about, what, four years ago, I think, um, he kind of took me aside and he said, like, hey, man, like, you have, a, you have, like, a good physique for bodybuilding. Like, if you want, and I'd been going to the gym previously before this, and I would just kind of, like, screw off in there, you know, maybe do, do some curls for the girls, and like, do a couple of reps of bench press or whatever, like, and it really wasn't leading me anywhere. Um, but Nick kind of said, like, hey, like, you have the physique for it if you want, you should try it out. And so like he kind of took me under his wing and, you know, just before, you know, before you can walk, you got to learn to crawl. And, uh, you know, he started me at the basics, you know, like really teaching me that like the best supplementation is like, is actual food, you know, like you don't need to go out and buy mass gainer to get big. You just got to eat a lot of mass. So it was, it was actually the intervention of somebody who had a knowledgeable background that actually helped right. sort of like pull you out of that, consumer market. And I think, Nick, that's sort of where you were mentioning is that the that there is this educational missing piece. Is that something that you want in Saise Sports? Is that is that I'm feeding you the question, but just out of curiosity, because right. you guys seem you, well, no, you guys are hovering around it. So I'm sitting here saying that no, I no, miss, I miss I the question. Absolutely. So a, a huge part of Saise Sports and the rec pre-workouts is, you know, we're really trying to appeal to educated consumers because anybody who understands what should be in a pre-workout, what's going to give your pre-workout the best value and the best effect is going to look at our product and say, 
there's nothing better on the shelves. There's no better value um, for your dollar spent that's going to give you everything in order to get a pump, in order to get that focus, you know what I mean, um, and the stimulants that, uh, that come in it. Um, so we are really appealing to educated consumers and furthermore encouraging people to ask themselves, you know, what am I spending my hard-earned money on when it comes to supplements? Because um, you, you should be aware. You should be knowing what you're spending your money on and what's in the products and what it's doing for you. I have a tough question for you. And we're going to get back All to right. the talking this industry stuff. But because um, I do want to hear what your thoughts, keep talking about the educated consumer. And I want to bring Scott in on that because Scott has a, a couple, I don't know, a little bit of education, something he's got. Um, but here's a thing. <clears throat> if someone educated themselves so well and they figured out how to maintain energy to eat well, and then said, you know what? I'm actually getting incredible results. Screw that wrecked. Screw I say. I'm and and you lost the customer to their education. And it's a tough question because you're here, you guys trying to sell something. Would A, do you think that's likely to even happen in the current state of the market? And B, if it did, do you think it would even have any impact on like to me that seems like a rare thing? Just curious, if you lost a consumer to pure education, would that even be a bitch? Or do you think that you wouldn't? I don't know. I, I mean, I think that's kind of like uh, an offbeat question, just because if somebody's well, welcome on the to the shelf, big inside, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Hear me out. If some if somebody's looking on the shelves to say, you know, what's going to give me an edge an edge in the gym? Chances are they're already doing exactly what you said. Um, they're already eating right. They're already sleeping well. They're already right. taking care of all these other facets of their right. training, right. and they're looking for that extra edge. And that's what that's what people should be doing. They want to expand on their natural ability. I mean, some days those products are there to make up for a lack of, you know what I mean? We're not all perfect. We can't all get enough sleep all the, all the time. Um, but more often than not, if you're doing most of those things right, a majority of the time, then you're just looking for that edge. And uh, if you fall short, then you're looking for something to help make up for that deficit. Um, and obviously our product is something that contributes to both of those. So I would say it's kind of an irrelevant question to ask. Um, cause we assume that educated consumers are already doing most of those things. Right. And that's, that sense? that's, it does. Cause that's exactly where I was trying to find out. That's why I meant I was leading you the question because, you know, I mean, I'm an idiot as we know, and generally the things I say are mostly irrelevant. So the, I was asking it in terms of, um, looking at how you're approaching a very different. Oh, come on now. Um, I know, <laughs> I, I know my followership. No, but like, uh, the, um, the numbers of people or who you're marketing toward or who your 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 base clientele you're talking a lot about education i'm just curious if that's even a large number which is why i'm saying okay that's why i was asking is there a tipping point on the other side because certainly the uneducated person is probably just going to walk right by you guys right but i was like oh whatever they're all the same eh, i just want just want to get a high off of my free workout and run around posting on instagram and you know i'm assuming that's what people do on pre workout i really don't know but um, but that's why I was asking the question is the idea of, you know, how education is or isn't an asset to somebody entering this market as the little company that could. You know what I mean? Um, do yeah, you, we're hoping that it will be. You want we're hoping that yeah. the type of people that choose to educate themselves and not just your, you know – gym goer that's doing it because it's trendy and to be on Instagram. We're hoping the people that are serious about it, the people that would train if social media wasn't a thing. Uh, I'm here. Um, I can hear you, by the way. I'm right here. You don't have to talk to my body. Okay, go on. <laughs> we're hoping that those people would come 
you know, to find products like ours on the shelves because they are educated and they do want to do better and they do want that edge. And that's what you I'm know, asking. Anybody, yeah. Go ahead. You know, it's such a trendy thing now, right? Social media, selfies. So many people are in the gym uh, purely for that that reason, you know, that uh, narcissistic um, fulfillment, if you will. Whereas, you know, some of us have been doing this a long time and have seen that stuff, you know, materialize on social media, but that's not why we do it. Well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, that's what I'm asking is like one step beyond that. Do you, okay, go on. I just think the people that are educated that are serious athletes, I mean, we're trying to market to those people as well as, you know, anybody that wants to come in and, and do better and find an edge. You say as well, and Mike, you've been around a bit and you, I mean, all you guys, your combined experience is pretty in Scott as well. Do you think that the educated consumer is under, under marketed to over marketed to or ostracized? Like what, how do you think the market, this $37 billion market appeals or doesn't appeal? That's where this was all leading. It was, you know, uh, I just wanted to hear your feedback along the way. Do you think that you guys are one of the rare people reaching out to them? Or do you think, oh, no, everyone does it. I, we're just the next guy on the block. I, I do. Though. I mean, personally, for me, like, you know, if if I didn't have someone who was educated to kind of lead me in the right direction, I mean, if, if you go to your, your local supplement store and you look on the shelves, you know, like you can go buy like something called like what you know devil's blood or like you know like stimaholic or you know like whatever the hell it's called and you know like you look at what the what the product name is and what how flashy the label is whale testicle force yeah exactly you know like like god's god's fucking god's crack cocaine or whatever you know and 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 the word fucking is in the title exactly yes yeah oh absolutely absolutely definitely in the title um, so to, to the uneducated, to the uneducated client, the, the more flashy it looks, the crazier the name, obviously the better it's going to perform, right? Yeah. And, because- and I think that's even off-putting at times too, because if you're a newbie and you're coming in there and you see devils or God's fucking crack, you're not going to be <laughs> like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. How about I take that while I'm doing split squat lunges with 30 pounds? You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. That, that doesn't add up I, either. Um, I'd like to take a, I'd like to, is important. I would like to take a pause and announce our new sponsor. Um, God's fucking devil's crack, uh, is our new sponsor. No, anyway, sorry. The, um, <laughs> Scott, Scott, is this just, I want you to chime in cause I see you nodding and, and grinning and listening intently. Um, as someone who Scott is prepared for guests like us, I know he's, no, he's, he just <laughs> played four games of hockey and did not take God's fucking crack. I wish I could use that as the title. But we can only have exp- <laughs> I don't lose. Up, Scott. Get some wrecks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I had a. I actually want to try a wreck. I've never tried this. Um, I had a question for you guys though. I've taken a lot of pre-workouts, from um, Super Pump 250 to Anno <laughs> Explode, to Endo Rush to you name it, like all the crazy yeah. shit out I, there. I'm I'm bleeding potential sponsors as we speak. Go on, Scott. Right. <laughs> well, no, I wanna. I want to know um, what makes your product different, you know, as it, you know, as it is, it's just, uh, I'm not familiar with it, but I love to learn more about it. Well, what, before they answer that, Scott, what is the things that you do look for when you have looked and when you put something aside, what has been the content that made you put it aside just before they answer that? Um, 
Well, oh, well, as far as ingredients, you mean? Yeah, like like what appeal like may have appealed to you in the past versus what might have you said, ah, this is crap, and you throw it down and start a fight and knock over some shelves. I think it was more like the L-arginine or the NO2 part of it. What about it? I took it? it for a while. I have really low blood pressure to begin with and really good elasticity with some of my arteries and blood vessels. So when I started taking NO2 for a long period of time, it started to make my uh, blood pressure super low. And so uh, sometimes my workouts, I, I, my blood pressure gets too low, and I feel like I was going to pass out, and so I had to stop taking them. I need a geek uh, moment. I need a geek moment. Scott, can you talk to me about the science that you're talking about? Like, the, the what causes what that would lead to what? Like, I, I just want it totally clear for our listeners. Well, I mean, with the L-arginine, uh, wherever they put in it, the l um, they used to put in it. I don't know what they do now, but... I mean, that would cause vasodilation of the blood vessels, um, which is great, you know, um, increased blood flow. Like the guy said, you get a crazy pump um, and so on. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I might just be a special uh, case on this, but when I did take it, I did feel the pump and I felt good. But I also there was a lot of lightheadedness and there was also I mean, I already have that low blood pressure. The, so if you take like you take a pump, right. you, know, you increase the diameter and you, and you run blood through it. Right. So, you know, so it's like, it's interesting. And you but, could, um, no, you, you can, you can count, you can like buoy that idea of you being maybe a unique case just because it is, I got to find my numbers, folks, check my numbers, but it is documented that prolonged lifters often, either through neglect or just coincidence, have higher blood pressure such that they might not experience that effect in, you know, to, to a noticeable degree if they took L-arginine versus somebody who has, like uh-huh. you said, more elastic arteries as it is, may certainly be the unique case. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, and I'm definitely not. Uh, n- none of us here are qualified to speak um, to anything medically or or make generalizations about the health um, of you know exactly exactly people who've been in the industry for a long time. So I, I don't think we should be generalizing anything like. Oh, that. Oh, why and not? I like to spike the ball. Come on, let's do it. You know what? <laughs> We're all no, inadequate. Ah, oh, generalization. No. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to eat butter and protein. No, but um, what uh, but Scott, seriously. So, Scott, you want to know, like, what is it that makes theirs different from what's out there? Yeah, all the, yeah, all the products got very similar ingredients. And a lot of time they put in this bullshit, like, proprietary blend type of stuff. Yep. And then it's, like, them trying to cut corners because they're really, there's, like, a nanogram of the, the product. <laughs> And yeah. then, like you guys said, they have like a really flashy label that's like fluorescent green and, and red, right. and it looks awesome. And, um, and so we like to talk about that as like you know what Eli was referring to earlier. Obviously, um, with all the hype machines in the in the industry talking about you know what was it God's crack and whatever <laughs> else there is out there. Um, that's you know it's really just there for the hype. So yeah. we did try to stay away with that. Obviously, our name plays into it a little bit, and that's kind of a wink, wink nudge nudge at the educated consumers as we intended it to be um by using that colloquialism which one the explain that more just so for people listening like what explain that oh more. the name wrecked yeah of course uh we did it as kind of uh kind of an inside joke you know obviously it's a popular colloquialism um among people today you know memes on the internet and all that stuff and we kind of said you know we kind of decided to use it as the name for the product both as a joke um, between us, um, kind of an inside joke. And then also, like I was saying, kind of a, a wink, wink at, uh, 
educated consumers in the industry because they see all these crazy names um, that are out there, you know, devil's blood, God's crack, whatever, whatever the hell is out on the on the market today. So it's just kind of playing into that hype so, a little so bit. So actually, it's actually you're actually trying to signal people through satire in a weird way, like a subtle satire. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's and that's subtle. okay. Well, look at how smart these muscle heads are. Satire, come on now. The, uh, yeah. Don't worry, most most jokes still go over my head, but I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's hard because he's he stands six foot seven. What are you? How tall are you, dude? Oh well, now now I'm falling short after that. So. <laughs> <you know. laughs> <laughs> wow, everyone is just hitting the gutter today. All right, short jokes of, <laughs> short jokes of plenty. Take more God's crack. No, um, so uh, but you were saying about how your ingredients are different and what makes them different because they're act you're actually the ingredient list is more geared towards someone with an education. Is that where you were headed? Yeah, exactly. So to answer, you know, just to backtrack and answer Scott's question, um, and you know, I'm sure Mike and Eli will want to jump in on a on this after after I say my piece um, as well, but um, basically, as far as the ingredients go, we, you're right, Scott. We do have a lot of similar ingredients to a lot of what's out there already. Um, the difference is a lot of the pre-workout products on the market use one or two expensive ingredients, and maybe they have them in a, in a somewhat adequate amount, and they kind of showcase that, like this product has X amount of citrulline malate. Um, and then, you know, the rest is not so significant. Um, what we tried to do was incorporate all of those um, ingredients that various brands will showcase in amounts or put in their proprietary blends. And what we did was use them all at the amounts that are recommended for the maximum effect of this ingredient. So, for example, just to run through our list here. You know, on the product, we have a ton of citrus. I'm not going to run through the whole label. Plug away, Nick. Um, plug away. Go for it. No, we just have, you know, six grams of citrulline malate. Um, we have three grams of beta alanine. Um, we have betaine in there as well, three grams. So, you know, essentially what we've done, there's a whole slew of nootropics, stimulants, 400 milligrams of caffeine, plus, you know, hortonine and theanine and sinephrin. Um so really what we've taken is the best of each product um, from, like I said, most, most products on the shelves will try to showcase one or two of those. We've taken everything, thrown it in in adequate doses to our product, and that's what we're here to market because we do think that there's room in the industry to give people a better product without raising the price um, on what's already ex in existence. And let me pause there because this has turned into a uh, infomercial, which I'm fine with. You know, I'm down. Um, yeah, this, that's that ethical weirdness. I'm like, all right, I had my sponsor on the show. What did I expect? I'm not trying um, to advertise. I know, I know. I'm. It's it's me, <laughs> not you. I I run a crap show, Nick. Don't worry about that. The um, but yeah, the uh, I'm I'm open. <laughs> We're all going down today. All right. Uh, I'm gonna need so much devil's crack after this, or God's crack. I need someone's crack. Could someone get on the email right Can now? Copyright that and get yes. someone actually make the God's Please. crack pre workout. Please, yeah. just. You guys yeah, can on top of got, <laughs> come try our crack. That's all we're going to say. All right. So um, you can do it that what you will. Wow. I'm 12 years old. All right. So uh, good gum. Here's the thing is that at that note, you're talking about like what the industry does, what the, that, that, it sounds like David and Goliath, you're like throwing pebbles at these big giant monsters and saying, you yeah, guys are bad. Absolutely. You guys are wrong. Are you literally, is that actually something you want to be known for? Like, 
you know, come squash us, brother. You know, I mean, are you on that note? No, 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 of course not. I mean, we're definitely not here to ruffle any feathers, but, um, you know, one of our taglines is your best reborn better. And that's, that's really what we're trying to bring to the industry is just a rebirth, um, in terms of education. You know, I mean, you look at all the changes happening in the fitness industry and it really is kind of a renaissance with the internet at people's disposal 24 seven, you're getting more and more educated consumers and you're getting people that are more aware of what's out there. They have so much information. You want to help them make the best decisions. Um, and in that light, we're trying to offer people a better product um, that they're probably going to end up reading about. Is, like I said, we're not going to ruffle any feathers, but we do want to see a change in the industry. We want to, you know, before we started this business, we were consumers. And as consumers, we started this business because we looked at the industry and said, the products out there are not adequate. For what but arguably made. you were niche. You guys just identify yourselves as kind of niche. You were definitely like we're bodybuilders, we're powerlifters. Right? You were definitely in the niche, you know, uh, you know, fighters yeah. and whatnot. So does the mainstream even give a crap about this message? Do you really think the mainstream is ready? And when I say mainstream, maybe not even the biggest mainstream, maybe just that large industry of which these megacorps are dominating. Do you think those mm. consumers are actually – you know, you can goose them and make them say, "Hey, some education might be good." Are they even? Is, is the? Do you really believe that the mainstream is actually ready to be or to be receptive to the idea of learning about a product and learning about what really works? Maybe and maybe I mean, not. What I can say is, you know, when you look at any other industry that had a big boom and bust, you look at something like the auto industry, um, and there's that running joke about used car salesmen being greasy, and that joke has been around for God only knows how long. Um, and at, you know, at the end of the day, what that led to was an educated public because people were getting sick of being ripped off. And now you have all these websites mm -hmm. like Carfax, you know, you can check the cars, you have fair pricing apps that are on your phone. So you can, you can see what's out there and make sure that you're making the best decision. So that I would... think, yeah, at some point that yeah. education uh, might come and you might see a change in the industry. And I think we're starting to head into that era where people have so much information, they're going to arm themselves with it and do something with it eventually. That's real. That's, that's an incredible. That's a great analogy. Yeah, Elias, I want to hear what you had to say. I mean, and you can maybe you can come in with like that was the kindest thing I think I've, anyone has ever said to all my viewers all at once. That the mainstream is they're ready. They're gonna. Is he usually this kind of a? I, I'm feeding the question now. Is he usually this kind of sweet Pollyanna that he just sort of described the entire world as Elias? Or no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, what were you going to say, Elias? He most certainly has his moments for sure. <laughs> oh, thanks, bro. Wow, <laughs> the passive aggressiveness in this interview is phenomenal. Go on. Um. So you know, personally, I feel where the where Nick's right. You know, the industry is being led. A Especially with, you know, the the ability to have any information you want at your fingertips in 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 the you know the, the snap of your fingers with smartphones and so on and so forth. Um, however, that being said, like you know the the amount of information on the internet is so overwhelming that I think people will still you know like just like in my case, like I was uneducated and I met someone who was educated, right? Like who taught me like how to like go about um, changing my physique in a way that was healthy and of maximum benefit to give me the biggest cutting edge that I could have. 
Oh, you're laying it on thick. You better be careful. People are going to think I'm helpful or something. Oh, you guys should just get a damn room. My <laughs> don't God. don't make me tell the story of when I first met you, Nick. I like that story for another Aww. time. Was it a rainy day under an umbrella? Anyway. Um, the, uh... It was a bus, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> a single yeah, tear so... went down his face as he rolled away. <laughs> um, so, like, any, like I was saying, um, you know, the, like, for me, like, I could have gone and found all this stuff on the internet. But you know what? I'm going to go, like, directly to the source, which is, in my mind, like, someone who looks like he knows what he's doing. So I feel, for me, like, if we begin to cater to these, you know, these people who know what they're doing with a, a level of transparency uh, where, you know, we don't have pre- proprietary blends. We... Oh, you just offended Christian by no, saying not at that all. To... Not at all. Not people at all. Look- look like they know something well no on that note because mike evoked the instagram thing earlier and and that's the thing is that okay you guys are coming in and most of these small brands that creep in the side of the industry what they do is they use a known insta fame personality some you know uh abs kid who has like you know three hundred thousand followers or some chick who like always sticks her butt out not offending any you know like whatever if if you're abs kid or chick or whatever hoo-hahs you like to display good for you i'm glad 500 100,000 people really want to tap that, pardon my French. But the reality is that is a market value thing. And so people say, gee, I have this market value. How can I get numbers? And it's not necessarily like you guys are saying, a focus on the quality of a product, but I look like that guy. So people will listen to me. So isn't that actually one of the reasons that the whole industry has been dialing itself back in qualities because it's led by people who are just pure personality as opposed to people who might have an investment in the quality of the products they're hawking. Well, I wouldn't say it's been dialing itself back. I mean, even besides us. I'm playing devil's advocate, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And not to throw compliments to other companies, but I think you do see other companies trying to step their game up um, because people are becoming more aware of what's out there. You know, no longer do you have, there are definitely products out there that are, you know, God's crack and it's just straight up caffeine and DMAA and whatever else is in there. Um, but there are also, you know, there is a movement going on and I'm not going to name companies or brands. Go there. for it. Yeah. No, 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 definitely not. But there are companies out there that are trying to step up their products a little bit. And again, we just feel like they're falling short because at the end of the day, they're still controlled by corporations and their still primary purpose there is to raise a profit. And no matter what happens, when your focus is, first and foremost, profit or making money, you are never, ever, ever going to be of maximum service to the consumer. And I'm not making us out to be like some kind of Robin Hood of the industry, because that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is our primary purpose is to deliver a quality product in a competitive price range. That, that's, Does that make sense? That's Great. I mean, you kind of dodged the Instagram where you guys going to, you know, but that's worth, that was a good dodge. It wasn't a bad dodge at all. The, um, I wasn't trying to dodge anything. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like you got us off that Insta fame topic pretty well, which is fine because I, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, that's That would take you know, many weeks to go down there. Um, speaking of which, let's just, and that, it seems like a good point to wrap it. What do you, what do you guys think of Insta fame? Good, bad, what, that hype thing. What, what's your take on memeing and, you know, guys who are mostly just, you know, big personalities and big brassy show-offs or chicks who are just really, you know, look at this, look at that, look at my hoo-hahs. Uh, you know, what what uh, what do you think of all that? Just uh, just off the cuff. If, you know, screw your supplement company. Just off the cuff. You're personal. What do you think? It's foggy. 
Um, I think I'm glad that I started out in an era where, you know, there was a lot of information out there, but there was a lot of good information. The problem with social media, internet, and personalities is that <clears throat> it's not necessarily good information. There's a lot of misinformation. And as Eli touched on, <clears throat> if you don't have experience in the field or you're not familiar with, you know, good versus bad information, it's even confusing for someone like me and, you know, <clears throat> Excuse me. Someone like you, meaning like someone with one foot in the grave, apparently. No. <laughs> Mike has a cold. Somebody Folks, I want to pause. Mike has a little cold, so he's he's somebody that's got yeah. a lot of experience with uh, supplements and in, in in the industry. Um, you know, it can be confusing with all the information out there because it's and, in like because it's quick, it's quick and delivered in like shots as opposed to explained is what you're saying. Right, right? and anybody can post a study supporting any theory that they have. I mean, let's face it, there's studies. I've made a career of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's bad in that sense. I think it's good in the sense that if you're um, savvy and you can delineate between good and bad information, that you can find the information that is most useful to you. And an educated person in the industry can find good products that way. Um, I like that we can put ourselves in front of an audience and um, have as much of a shot at it as anybody to put a good, as Nick said, quality product on the market at a fair price. And uh, just to touch on what Nick said, what makes us different is, you know, in the same price range, without gouging people, without feeding into the hype completely, you know, a little hype is necessary, I think. But um, some of these products and some of these companies are all hype with very little to back it up. Uh, you know, we tried to dose our products, you know, our product accordingly and make sure that, you know, we have optimal doses of, you know, all of the best ingredients, not just one or two of them. And that's the difference. You can't find another pre-workout on the market and we've looked. That's interesting. You know, I mean, with I, the same I, dosing, I, yeah. of the most popular ingredients like, uh, you know, I always point out citrulline malate because I really like it. Another one's glycerol. And, um, you know, we've added things like cinnaphrin to our stimulant profile that you don't see in all the other products. And our dosages, quite frankly, are, you know, one to four times better ratio than most of the top products on the market, even some of the top shelf, top quality ones that Scott mentioned earlier. That would be in the same price point that we're, that we're approaching now. Yeah, and that's that's all interesting. As somebody who is mostly been, you know, mostly hub with very little to back it up, I I mean, I appreciate this intensely. Um, yeah, I mean, this is really interesting. Are you guys just as we wrap up this part and move on to close the show? Uh, you guys hopeful? You guys think you're gonna come out with something new? You guys think you're gonna? This is an intimidating project. Starting a business in general is frightening in this industry that's now ravenous with sharks, especially on the marketing mm -hmm. side. Terrifying. You can't you can't tell me you're like cool as a cucumber. Do you guys feeling confident about the, the the outlook of things? Yeah, of course we're a little bit, um, you know, like anybody, we know there's a risk in anything you do. And obviously we've all invested a lot of money in it. But that being said, we have nothing compared to those big corporations. We're working on a very, very uh, shoestring budget. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we're really starting to gain traction with the people that try our product because 
you know, all, almost without um, without fail, people that have tried wrecked come back to us and say, wow, that's really, you know, I have people all the time that come up to me at the gym I go to and they're like, hey, I tried your pre-workout. It was really good. It was the best pre-workout I've tried yet. Um, and that just to me, like every time I hear that inside, I'm just doing a fist pump because I'm like, yes, you know, that's what that. That's what we started out to do, you know, the, it's, on that note. Best yeah. And that's the thing It's like real quickly, um, because just because you just brought up a good point before we, we wrap this is the all right. So what is the one thing? So you got three, your three chuckleheads in Maine, Portland, Maine. And you say, hey, dude, hey, dude, uh, nice biceps, nice lats. Uh, you're hanging out. I'm sorry. I'm just assuming that's your dialogue. I don't know if that really is the um, but let's, cool. yeah. let's say that's the thing. All right. And uh, and so you hang out. Like, hey, let's do a pre-workout. Let's do a pre-workout. You do the pre-workout. I don't know if you're really talking. We don't even talk. We just exchange memes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Back. So you got it. So you're yeah. memeing. Let's all, all in the same room, too. We'll sit right? in the same room. Right. And send yeah. memes. We don't actually talk. We don't talk. Like, like real men, because real men don't talk. No emotion. Yeah, no emotion either. Real men. No, but uh, but no. So the point is, so there's three other guys. I don't know. Pick, you know, Tennessee, Oregon. You pick a state. You pick a place. Three other guys, and they're just like, hey, uh, you know, I just like uh, deadlifted 650, and they just want to start a pre-workout. What would be the one thing you say, guys? Here's my one number one thing. If you're gonna jump into this thing, beware of or remember blank. What is it? Elias, you first. I would have to say that to someone who would just be starting this that um the first thing is to be patient yet be concise in your goals you know like obviously in in a perfect world you know we, we would have sold out already you know and obviously like in a perfect world things you know like speed bumps never happen but this isn't a perfect world and for, for lack of better words like shit happens and when shit happens like you need to be able to roll with the punches. Right. Uh, Nick, what would be the one thing? Uh, I would say absolutely and unequivocally uh, be proactive. You need to take the initiative to get shit done, not fuck around. Um, and, it, and if you have, you know, something in mind, you just need to be ready to like get out there, get your ground game going. Our biggest response is getting out there, meeting people, um, which is tough for us. That's not our forte. You know what I mean? Getting thrown in the mix talking to people. Usually we're pretty, pretty isolated when we're at the gym training by ourselves. But when we go meet people at gyms, we give them, give them uh, a sample, um, answer their questions. I think there's no bigger value than playing that ground game um, and having people see the owners of the company, the founders of the company face to face and saying, wow, these are like, these are solid dudes that are actually standing behind their product. Um, and that's when we get our best response, yeah. not just on social media, but in real life. And I think you were talking about the Instagram followers and finding someone who's Insta famous. I think a lot of people forget, um, the value in, you know, actual human connection. And I think getting the chance to actually touch base with your consumers and, uh, and talk to them on a one-on-one -on -one level and say, what do you look for in a product? What do you like? Um, I think this will meet your needs. Um, I think that's the most valuable asset that we have in terms of gaining traction and introducing our product to, to the market. Mike, what's your one thing? Um, I got to kind of back up what Nick says, because that was going to be my, my pitch was you've got to be prepared to do a lot of groundwork. Yeah. Uh, be proactive, but you have to be outgoing. You have to learn to be personable in the gym. If you're somebody like myself who likes to just go in there, put my headphones on, and just grind it out and get the best workout that I can. 
Um, you know, Nick and I have trained for hours without saying two words, just loading the bar, you know, like what weight do you want? And that's it. The you story of men in up. America. <laughs> you have to open yourself up and you have to be personable and you have to put yourself out there. And, and, you know, those annoying people that might ask you questions because you look like maybe you've been doing this for a while, you have to uh, appease them and you have to be willing to, you know, sell your product through yourself and through the product itself. Let the product and your presence do the talking. We've found that face-to-face, word-of-mouth is still, even in today's world, um, our biggest asset. And that has created um, indirectly or directly uh, more social media traffic than anything else that we've done by showing up at gyms, grinding it out, doing demos, straight up asking people, hey, would you like to tag, follow our page, tag us, and post a picture? And um, that's gotten the biggest response. And as a small company, I think we need to do that. And I think if you find three guys in Washington or, or you know, Virginia or wherever that want to do this, then that would be my advice is just be prepared to do a lot of groundwork. And like Nick said, be proactive. This is not um, – it's not for the faint of heart unless you've got a lot of money to, to – hire people out to do those things for you. You got to be prepared to be multifaceted and do all those things yourself and be proactive. That's great. I mean, that's the, you guys are, uh, this is the American dream. Regular guys doing regular work to get stuff and make stuff happen. Guys, thanks for being on the show. You mind sticking around for a bit, minute as we do the final closing advertisements and everything and then can say goodbye properly. Sound good? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having yeah. us. All right, cool. Thanks, just, uh, yeah, no, just give uh, one second. We're going to do these ads, and then I'm going to talk to you guys and close out the show. Um, that does it for this episode. Thanks for stepping inside The Big Inside. You can learn more about this show and other shows at TheBigInside.com. That's The Big Inside. The The is there. TheBigInside.com. And find out more about Scott, who's been kind of very contemplative. Uh, he's been tired from hockey. And see pictures of oh, his... <laughs> and see well, pictures... time to say the guy. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to hear out what their business lo- is about and everything. I love so. it. And you can see more of Scott and his 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 uh, very elastic veins at AspireFlex.life. Um, also, folks, we love being told that our heads are way up our asses. So be sure, or tell us that we're doing a good job. We like getting praise as well. Be sure to give us your feedback. Go to TheBigInside.com or join the discussion at the Facebook page. We want to hear from you. And uh, today's one of our sponsors today is, you know, surprise, surprise, the guys from Saisei Sports. You've heard all about the product. Uh, if that doesn't, you know, help be its own advertising, I don't know what will. So don't need to belabor the point. You can go to SaiseiSports.com. That's S-A-I-S-E-I Sports.com. Saisei Sports. And you can get their pre-workout rec. That's R-E-K-T. Uh, I'm assuming just real quickly, no long answers. You guys are going to be, this is going to be showing up in more places, more stores, and all this kind of thing soon enough. That's right. Awesome. So go to their site, buy yourself some, try it out. You've heard from the guys, good guys, uh, down to earth, real guys just like you, doing the best and putting in awesome ingredients as opposed to taking your money with nothing. Uh, Another program sponsor today was the Next Level Leadership Program based in Boston. The Next Level has been the premier program created by the Phys Academy to help those with a passion for strength, sports, and bodybuilding use those talents to create real-world leadership projects. Next Level student-athletes work together as a small team to learn not only the approaches to the competitive strength and bodybuilding sports, but also to take those skills and apply them to things like business, personal growth, growth, social leadership. I can talk. Look at me. Uh, I need some more of that uh, devil's crack. Learn more. 
about the next level and learn how to enroll at thenextlevel.me, thenextlevel.me. That's fancy. Lastly, we've been brought to you by Scorpio Creative, a boutique design, branding, and marketing firm that specializes in small businesses, especially those within the fitness sector. Marketing is your key, as the guys were saying. So check out Scorpio Creative. Get your small brand some traction at scorpiocreative.com. The Big Inside, by the way, is independently funded, like we said at the top of the show. So we rely on you guys, our well-educated and stunningly gorgeous consumers of our show. We, You guys are what keep us going. If you like what you hear on The Big Inside, please consider dropping a few bucks into our virtual bucket of love at our website, thebiginside.com. Any amount, any little bit of generosity, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, a million bucks, whatever you do, that's what's keeping us going. Help us stay afloat. Don't be shy. Don't be stingy. Be part of the community. In fact, if you want to, you can just hump our leg entirely by becoming a sponsor of The Big Inside. Uh, the info is on the website as well. We love selling your stuff. And hey, karma is real, dudes. Today, before we signed off, I'm going to bring a little something new to the show that we're hopefully going to be continuing throughout. Uh, you know, This week, I was actually going through my stuff as I was preparing for this show, and I got to manage some time glitches that I can foresee in the coming week. And what I decided to do is use my scheduling of my workout as the means of doing that's going to kind of push the agenda of my schedule this week. And I said, you know what? That's kind of like a, a thing, right? That's a thing right there. So it made me think, what are some of those close range objectives that people are up to that bring their biggest inside capacities to the outside? So it's a new little closing segment. I'd like to call the inside drive. It's the close of the show. I want you guys to talk about a goal, obje- briefly, 30 seconds, a goal, objective, or some idea that you guys have, and this is you, this is Nick, Mike, Elias, and Scott, for the upcoming week that you would either recommend or just that you're going to be doing yourself that's going to make this week crush. I'm assuming it's going to be around training or it could be like a training goal or whatever, but what's uh, what are you going to work on this week? Short and sweet, simple, one thing. Nick, what are you going to do in the gym? What am I personally going to do? No, the other Nick. Of course you did. All right, got to check with the other Nick then. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, no, I mean, usually, um, you know, I, I usually don't have any problem uh, showing up every day and like putting in maximum effort. Usually my issue is, uh, you know, sleep hygiene, uh, getting rest at night. Um, so. So sleep is your big thing. That. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't sleep. Elias, what's your big, what's your big thing? What's your goal for the week for the next show? I think my goal for this week, Christian, is to really, uh, focus on kind of changing up my uh my lifting routine i've kind of been in the same routine for the last like eight to ten weeks and uh i think i really need to kind of go back to uh the basics here a little bit and uh just change and see if i can uh you know break through some plateaus change is good mike what's your big thing for the week what's your what's your big badass move of the week well i'm approaching uh 12 13 week out mark for my next meet. Wow, great. I'll be starting a blog soon for that on ZyceSports.com. And I've been a little banged up lately, so I need to just kind of maybe even take a little bit of a break this week and do some active recovery stuff in the gym and get myself healthy for the, the final stretch here. Recovery is a, reco- recovery's a good thing. Smart, man. Scott, what's your thing? Before, we, before I see you again next week and you start mocking me, What's your, what's your, what's this big thing? You're, Cause you got to do this every week, Scott. So you better have something good every week. So what do you got? Oh God, the pressure. Now, um, <laughs> like my life. I'm going to quit but this I'm, show. <laughs> well, my, the, 
the goal is kind of congruent with what we talked about the last episode for the New Year's one. Yep. Just trying to get the tissue and my and my girdle, hip girdle, and my rib cage done untwisted, so then I can get into the the split, and then I can be able to do the walking on my hands and stuff. Those damn That's splits. For me. I want you to take – this week, yeah. I'm going to give you an added one. Scott, this week, I want you to measure how far from the ground you are, and we're going to track this damn split. Oh, yeah, no, it's getting close. I've never been this close. The, like, the nation is hinging on your girdle. Okay, <laughs> it is. No, it really is. Especially after this weekend, all the hockey, it kind of set me back a little bit. But, all right, Scott. It'll be good. <laughs> So, so this is good stuff. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on. It was it was awesome having you. Really, thank you. It was, uh, good to you guys, thanks, guys. And of course, uh, thanks for sitting in sidecar once again, Scott. It was a pleasure as always, man. Yeah, always. Scott always with the with the twisted girdle. <laughs> oh man. Uh, today's show was produced by... I'm sorry, folks. I'm hung up on Twisted Girdle. Today's show was produced by the Physiculture Collaborative, who is valued at over $37 and ex- expected to grow in value to about $42 within the next decade. That's the workout for your ears this week. I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN for The Big Inside, reminding you that no matter what you do on your outside, what makes it big is what's found on the inside. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Later.